0: All right, this is awesome. Pastor Rock Mutageki is from Uganda. Africa, and he is a brilliant preacher. He has a church that has seven different locations around Uganda. Uh, he is the C3 regional director for uh, East and West Africa, oversees uh, over a hundred around hundred churches, and he's also part of our ten-person global executive. So we have five hundred and eighty churches in C3 gl- uh, around the world, and so he's part of the team with us that oversees those churches. He's he's a fun man of God. He's a passionate man of God. He's told me about 90 day fasts that he's done. Yeah, everyone's like, no, please don't talk about that. He's talking about uh, his all-night prayer meetings, uh, has a genuine hunger for God that is a consistent, continuous thing. Uh, Their church is impacting in so many levels. They've run dance competitions and had 30,000 contestants. They've uh, they've got schools that they run for for children in their community. And he's just a wonderful, delightful uh, man who seeks after God's own heart. So, Secret 3 Powerhouse, let's stand on our feet and welcome the one... And only
1: Pastor Rock Pastor John is so kind. So kind. So kind. Thank you, Ban. Thank you, Ban. Yeah. I will, I will borrow your support a little later. Aren't they amazing? I've fallen in love with your church. It looks like Africa. You know, really feel at home. I'm just continuing with the title, "Hunger for God," but the subtitle for tonight, I've called it "Pull the Trigger." Pull the trigger. In 1996, we had rebels attacking our village. And by the way, they attacked it a few months ago. Terrorists, rebels, attacked the village again and killed around 40 kids in a school. That it was on the news all over. That happened in my village. It's like like one and a half kilometers away from our location that is in that village. So I've grown up hearing shootings. We've grown up running away from rebels. But 1996 the rebels who attacked us everyone was running mothers forgot their children see when it's war you actually run when you're safe that's when you start remembering so the kids were running the, 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 the older women were running those who were in hospitals <laughs> on emergency <laughs> Somehow, no one died in the hospital. Somehow, someone would gain strength and also run. So sometimes we, we say we are very sick, very sick, before you hear some bombs and bullets. That's when you forget your sickness and flee. One of the things that surprised us when we were in 1996, was that as we were running, policemen with guns were also running with us. Now, we thought everyone who has a gun will stop and face the rebel. But then we learned that you can have a gun And you have bullets, but you may never have the boldness to pull the trigger and face the enemy. So carrying a gun is great. And having bullets in the gun is great. But unless you're bold enough to face your enemy and pull the trigger nothing will ever happen. So most of the believers really have the weapons which are not kernel. The weapons of warfare, they have the word, the sword of the spirit. And their guns are loaded with experience, theological experience listened and partaken of many sermons, and they just carry the guns and they show off if you look at them with the gun you can think they are strong when i was young the most spiritual believers would carry big bibles I also was gifted with a comparative Bible. So, this was a big one. It had like four versions in it. So, it was a big volume. And it looked more spiritual and holy to carry that thing. So, <laughs> so, somehow you'd show up and make sure you sit somewhere the preacher will see you. So, you can look at different versions at the same time. And that was a gun. <laughs> Then there was time when we would write them scriptures. You you write them. And sometimes you go to a prayer room and read them. Thus says, it is written. And you know, like when you're praying at campus, it was always the one who mentions most scriptures in prayer who was effective in praying. So we had to make sure if you are the coordinator of the prayer meeting, you would make sure you cram at least six scriptures so that whenever you're praying and speaking a statement, it's, it's backed by a scripture. And you would say, it is written in Ephesians chapter 4. And you put the verse and you quote it and the prayer meeting, everyone would say, yeah, the guy is a weapon. <laughs> He's at another level. Then we left that. We carried the weapon of fasting. You had uh, Pastor John talking about 90 days so during my early years of ministry uh, it was around 40 days of fasting and 90 days of fasting so dry fasting was like three days my wife deborah she was not my wife then she would go for four days now that was dangerous don't do it because it was without water nothing And, and and it was at the time dangerous Thank God he set us free. <laughs> but but, but the, the 30 days, 40 days, 90 days was like you can drink, have liquids, and then eat one meal. And you would keep it going. Now, that is interesting. we were hungry for God. But sometimes it was a kind of pride where you have confidence and faith in your prayer so you would show up and, and people would ask you what is happening in your life and you'd tell them I just finished uh, three months fast <laughs> I was seeking the Lord and, and, and that seemingly was powerful but when you get a 90 day believer the guy is carrying a 90 day loaded gun with prayer And the moment he faces a challenge, he's the first to flee with the gun. He doesn't have the boldness to face the enemy. He can't look at the enemy eye to eye and say, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going nowhere. And this is what I came to tell you tonight. You need... To pull the trigger. We've been eating a lot, we've been taking a lot of stuff. We've been hearing a lot. You need to pull the trigger and take action. If it's activating hunger, activate it. Pull the trigger. It's not next week. Start now. This is the night. This is the moment. A trigger is a device that releases a spring or a catch you know like we we all know what a trigger is but sometimes i just want to read these things so i get some specific things from there and so sets off a mechanism so the trigger is aimed at setting off a mechanism The things of God, the system, the mechanism of how God does things. See, there are things that work together, like prayer, the word, the blood of Jesus, and, and all these things, you can have them, the name of Jesus. It's like a mechanism, but it needs a trigger for the shoot to go off. And it's you who needs to pull that trigger. And let me tell you, you never pull out the trigger during a party. You understand me? Most of us are good at pulling the trigger in church. Like when they say, lift your voice and face the enemy. Bind the devil. They're like, I bind you, devil. I pull down every stronghold. I declare victory. And you can pull the trigger when the enemy is not there. You're just rehearsing. Those are shooting lessons. (laughs) Put on headphones. Set the target. Uh, Pow! 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 Like, I'm the best! I got it. Well, we need to take you to the front line. (laughs) Before the enemy... Mm. And we see how you will pull the trigger. And that's what God wants us to do. God doesn't want us to be cowards. God doesn't want us to rehearse speaking in tongues and then we are not becoming witnesses. We speak in tongues to be witnesses. We are filled with the power of the Spirit so that we will go out there and face the enemy. But we have to pull the trigger. Turn with me to First Samuel. Uh, chapter 1. There's an interesting story there. Starting, we're starting with verse 1. There's a man who had two wives in that story. Now, <laughs> that is not You don't know that people do have two wives. Well, where I come from, in my country, polygamy is legal. So you can legally get married to two wives. That's unfair. That's bad. It's not accepted in church. But the Muslim community and all the other guys, like, do it. The Muslims can have up to four. So, there's a scenario in the Bible here of this guy who had two. The Bible says there was a certain man from, you can read that, it's a hard one, Azu, whatever it is, from the hill (laughs) country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, they named the son. Vastu says he had two wives. Now, don't get the second one. One is enough to drive you crazy (laughs) or to organize you. By the time you have two, you are over-organized. You run mad, so don't go for the second one. This guy had two. And by the way, if you follow the story, (laughs) possibly he ran crazy because of these two. It was not good in his house. One was called Hannah. The other was called, what do you call it? Penina? Others say Penina. Which one is the best? Uh Uh-huh, I'll use Penina. The other was called Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Now, in a typical polygamous situation, you will marry someone you love, but because they are childless, whether you love them, you are forced by the society, by the culture. Because in those cultures, if you're childless, it's a curse. So you are forced by the community to marry another wife. So I, will, I assume that this was the situation, that Elkanah had Hannah. Now today we have options. This adoption and, and every other thing you can go to. But in this society, these options were not there. So Elkanah married Hannah, and now, and possibly, and it's true, Hannah did not have children. So there was, though he loved Hannah, there was pressure for children because you have to continue the lineage. Someone has to inherit your estate, And you have to be a respected man in society. Because in these societies, the more children you had, the more respected you were. So definitely, this man, Elkanah, has to stand up and present himself as a respected man in society. So he had to pick on another wife, wife number two. Now, if you've lived, if if you watch a polygamous situation, it's never a happy one. Because in a polygamous situation, there is competition. So you're competing for one man. You're competing for love. You're competing for attention. You cook this dish, the other one cooks the other one. You dress like this, the other one dresses like this. And you know these corrupt men. They go where it's nicer. And you are always here. So I will simply paraphrase. The story, let's let's go go back to it quickly. It says, one was called Hannah, and the other was called Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. Verse 4, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina. And to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, the rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Someone say the trigger. Someone said the trigger Now Hannah didn't have children But Elkanah Loved Hannah more than Penina Penina's pride Was in the children The heritage of having Children that was her pride My kids Will carry the legacy I have children You don't have them And you know, in a polygamous situation, they are always scolding each other. Wife number one will always find a painful spot. And that's what he will speak about wife number two. You're nothing. You're useless. I'm the real deal. So Elkanah, who is in trouble because of polygamy, would try to balance. The truth is he loved Hannah. So he would try to compensate. And whenever they went to worship, he would give this lady a double portion. But you know, portions were distributed according to the number of children you had. So actually, Hannah was supposed to have one portion. But because Elkanah loved her, he would give her another portion, showing her, I am more than children. I love you. You're my sweetheart. But then at the place of washer, someone would p- pull a trigger. The co-wife would pull a trigger. And it was always at that part of pain. I mean, when she's excited, when she's rejoicing, when she's popped up, full of faith, the enemy would take advantage of that point to pull a trigger. You are childless. You are useless. Even if you have a double portion, you are nothing. You are wasted. You will die and be buried. No one will remember you. You have no inheritance. Your name will never be remembered. You will never be named. And it will go on and on and on. And year after year, I can imagine These bullets were shot to her and and she would just swallow them. She would implode on the inside and Elkanah would try to comfort her, lift her spirit. But one day, once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up and, and this had happened. I'll just paraphrase it. This time, when the enemy shot against her, when her co-wife shot after her, she was so grieved in her heart. The trigger of the enemy triggered something in her spirit. And it shifted her. Now this is not the mind. The heart was shifted. And it changed her prayer style. She started praying in an unusual way. Unusual to all the Old Testament saints. Her lips were moving. The words were not being heard. But she was groaning. She looked like a drunkard. Eli, the priest, thought she had drunk too much wine and said, woman, how long will you continue with this wine? And she said, man of God, it's not the wine. I'm not as crazy as you think something has happened to me. Something today has triggered and there is a hunger that is in me. I'm hungry. Now listen to me. There can be two forms of triggers for divine hunger. The first one is when it's self-initiated. And by the way, you can do that now. When you decide and choose, everything is going well. You see, most of us, when things are going well, we say, I will relax, it's okay. I won't seek the Lord. But actually, that is the best time for you to personally initiate and say, I will seek you. The second form of trigger is a forceful one. And that comes from your enemy. And if it finds you empty, you can't survive. The first form that is self-initiated comes from hearing the word. Its face. The word of God. The second one comes from hearing the word of your enemy. They are all triggers. The first one triggers faith. The second one triggers fear and doubt. Tonight you have to choose which trigger to go for. Now all through the years... Penina was used by the devil to trigger the second one, and that would cause this woman of God, Hannah, to be depressed. But somehow, that Hannah was covered up by the husband, by the two portions, and she continued year after year. But it was not fulfilling. But the second this. Time when the shift happened, Penina pulled the trigger for her. Now don't wait for your enemy to pull the trigger for you. But what it caused in her heart was something big, and she began to groan. I can imagine she began praying like she used to pray. God give me a child, God give me a child, but then there was a shift. And she's like, okay now, it's not about a child. Give me a child, I will give the child to you. Give me the child, and and then it's changed gears. I'm making a vow for the rest of his life, he will serve you. Now it's not about how many kids I have in the house. I see my child in your house. I see my child serving you. Give him to me, I will give him to you. Anyway, I don't need a child for myself, I need a child for you. I see a prophet. I see a priest. I bring him. My goodness. So now you can see through her prayer. It began as a hunger for a child. Now it is hunger for God. But who pulled the trigger? The enemy. Now tonight, as I finish... You don't have to wait for your enemy to pull the trigger for you. You can approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy. Do some savings for yourself, a prayer bank and you will need it during time of need. However, many of us here, the enemy is already pulling triggers and you're covering up. Things are not well, but somehow you're surviving. Somehow you're living, but you know it's not fine with you. You know it. You know the marriage is at the edge it's going and somehow we are all masters of camouflage praise the Lord hallelujah God has blessed me amen amen but on the inside you know that you're sitting on a timing bomb some of us are weary worn out literally I love what Pastor John and Daniel are modeling because they are saying if we don't have a sabbatical if we don't pull the trigger someone is going to pull the trigger for us. So we better refresh before someone takes us in a place where we won't be refreshed but even what was remaining in the power tank will be depleted. And that's important. And that comes when we wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is a choice. You choose to say, I'm busy, but I am choosing to wait on the Lord. Do you know why? No one anchors a ship unless there is a possibility of drifting. As long as it's left there on the sea, it will keep on drifting, 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 going farther and farther. And what causes us to drift? The comings and goings of life. You need, you need an anchor. So those who purpose to wait on the Lord, not because they are on pressure, Those who hunger and thirst for God are filled. Those who choose, those who purpose to say, I'm pulling the trigger. It's not because I need a job. It's not because I need money. Things may be going well, but I'm pulling the trigger. I'm waiting on the Lord. The Bible says they will have their strength renewed. They will be recharged. They will have a new set of wings. They will mount on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow faint. They will walk. They will thrive when other people are burning out. But how does it come? It comes from pulling the trigger. If you simply wait for the enemy to pull the trigger, it's going to be a battle of weariness. It's going to be a battle of struggle. The enemy is supposed to find you prepared. You don't prepare when the enemy shows up. You prepare before the enemy shows up. And gentlemen and ladies, be not deceived. Those who are going through trials and tribulations are not the unlucky ones. Trials will come. Problems will come sometime, someday so we shouldn't leave us though we don't have an enemy the enemy is real the fight is real yes. but we should prepare yes. we should set our minds let's put it in our agenda Let's say I'm going to seek the Lord. I choose to seek Him. Not because of anything, but I choose to seek Him. I choose to prepare. I will pull that trigger. I'm not going to wait for sickness to pull the trigger for me. I'm not going to wait for my wife to run crazy for me to pull the trigger. I'm going to pull the trigger so that when she runs crazy, she finds me sober. Because a time comes when she runs crazy A time comes when your husband runs crazy A time comes when the kids run crazy A time comes when your team leader runs crazy A time comes when your boss runs crazy And if two crazy people are in the same bed You know what happens So you better prepare Praise the Lord Prepare And people have been trying to convince us to change the vows. Pastor, for better, for worse is old school. Some some people have suggested, let's call it for better, for perfect. And they say, because we have faith. (laughs) In health and in prosperity, I do. (laughs) In romance and in joy, I do. And they're like, Pastor, that sounds weird. We have faith in God. You can't say for better for worse. It's like I'm prophesying the worst will come. Anyway, worst moments do come in life. Yeah. They come. Yeah. So why we are keeping the old format is we want you to be prepared. Yeah. But just because the enemy shows up doesn't mean we should run away with our guns loaded. We have weapons of warfare and they are not carnal they pull down strongholds they cast down arguments are you understanding me and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of the father come and raise up on your feet pull the trigger now not tomorrow now pull the trigger now So that you're not trying to figure out your life when it's late. You're not trying to hold it together. You have grace. The grace is sufficient. That is why you came tonight. And it's simple. Some things happen immediately. This woman of God did not receive ten keys of pulling the trigger. Shifts happen immediately it's atmospheres that shift people moments like these ones you just open up and you say i'm tapping into it i'm pulling the trigger for hunger i'm activating grilling come on lift your voices let's activate let's activate